ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. All right, it's Monday, May 15th. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can be a part of the program by texting this hour, 304-396-TALK. That's 304-396-8255. Now's your chance. Get it off your chest. I know the weekend sort of left you sour on a few things. We're here to help. we got to talk about probably the biggest thing that has generated the most, I don't want to say discourse, but conversation. So, the Thundering Herd came up just a little short against the top-seeded Louisiana Ragin' Cajuns and the Sunbelt Conference Championship. It was very close. I mean, it was super close. So, Louisiana wins one nothing. That's it. One run. one nothing, And Louisiana is a machine. They were playing on their home field, so they had all the inherent advantages in this thing and they claim their fourth consecutive conference title they're just one of those programs that just keeps winning in the Sun Belt and so it was a solo home run and that's all that Louisiana need Sidney Nestor was pretty good in this game I mean very good performance no fault of hers she didn't get any run support one nothing I thought the herd performed really well and it was sad to see that, okay, this is Sidney Nestor's possible last game for the Thundering Herd because you were hoping that, all right, maybe the Thundering Herd could get an at-large bid. You want to get in on the tournament by winning your conference tournament. That wasn't the case here. So you're thinking, all right, the Thundering Herd has a 45-10 and 10 record. That's got to be good enough maybe to get a serious consideration, right? And so there's the selection show, and we see the selection show, and – Marshall's not among the 64 teams named in the selection show. Louisiana, by virtue of the automatic bid, gets in from the Sun Belt and then Texas State. Marshall lost to Louisiana in this conference championship game. Marshall lost a series to Texas State. Both teams had higher RPI than the Thundering Herd. And so now the debate begins. Well, all Marshall should have got in. Marshall should have not got in. I mean, I've seen it both ways. I've actually had people who haven't talked to in a little while find me on social media and friend me because they knew I'd probably be somewhere in the middle in this conversation. And I've been watching people, and a lot of these arguments are people that I follow, a lot of our media types. So that's been the fun thing, just to watch the discourse on social media. Marshall should have got in by virtue of the wins. Marshall played a Good enough schedule. Marshall didn't play a good enough schedule. The RPI killed Marshall. The strength of schedule killed Marshall. Texas State was one of the last four in. If that gives you any indication of where the selection committee was going. They even posted that on their Twitter feed, that the last four in. And Texas State was among the last four in. And so Marshall obviously would come up short in a comparison to Texas State. And you look at wins and losses, and you see that, okay, well, Marshall's got a better record. But the competition was in question here. So that's been the big discourse today on social media. Did Marshall deserve a bid? And some of you say yes, some of you say no. I'm I'm of the impression that I thought that they had earned their way in 
They went 45 and 10. You can argue the schedule every single day, but they went 45 and 10. So maybe they should have got some consideration. Maybe they did. It just they fell a little short. So what's Marshall softball going to do? What's the program going to do now? You have a coach that's very, very good, and you can recruit quality players. The sport's growing at Marshall. We're seeing a lot of support. There's actually discourse on social media. So there are people who are interested in softball, especially Marshall softball. So you've got everything there. It's just that what's Marshall got to do now? Will Marshall have to go on the road a little bit more? Does Marshall need to beef up the the out-of-conference schedule? What's Marshall got to do now to, if you can't win the conference championship, get that at-large bid? How does Marshall beef up the softball schedule? We're going to see that hopefully in the years to come with basketball because Marshall had a great run in basketball, but it just wasn't enough to earn an at-large bid. And Marshall did have opportunities. Marshall could have won the regular season championship, wasn't able to do that. Marshall could have won in the Sun Belt tournament, wasn't able to do that. And so the Thundering Herd, unfortunately, staying home because Marshall's stance is that if you're going to postseason, this is men's basketball, if you're going to postseason, it's going to be the NCAA tournament or the NIT, nothing further, which I agree with. First and foremost, I completely agree with that. NIT is the lowest you go. Because I think the NIT is a good tournament. It's a historic tournament. It has tradition. Dan loved the NIT back in his day. It's a quality tournament. There's no shame in being in the NIT if you didn't get to the NCAA tournament. Softball doesn't maybe necessarily have that that luxury. It's You, you get in the tournament, your season's done. So, it's a 45-10 and 10 team that played well against Alabama, played well against some of the teams that are actually in this tournament. Unfortunately, maybe fell short in the eyeball test. And I saw on social media there were a lot of people debating, that not just Marshall, but debating how their teams got hosed. And I was thinking, years ago, I don't think anyone would have really cared. Maybe I missed it, or it's just now being amplified a little bit better, but there are a lot of people who are upset with the selection process of teams that got in and didn't get in in the softball tournament. And I thought, that's great. From the standpoint that, okay, people are interested in this now. So people are driving the conversation a little bit more now. I don't know if that means anything's going to change, to be quite fair. There were a lot of people who were watching and following along this weekend. Games were televised on ESPN Plus, and I'd be interested to see what the metrics are, how many people are actually following along, and how many people are just following along on Twitter. Our text line is 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. First up on the text line, do you think the exposure was a problem for Marshall softball, one of the only championships not to be on TV? I think... Exposure would help. For one, yes. I think exposure would help. But it didn't hurt Texas State, to be fair. And Texas State was higher regarded. But it is one of the few championships that's not on TV. It's on ESPN+. And whatever you, you think, ESPN+, Plus is great. It's a fantastic platform. I love it. I absolutely love it. And for a while, that's where I was getting a lot of those sports that I normally wouldn't get on normal TV. I was going to ESPN+. 
And I can get a lot of things on ESPN+. Plus. That's why I still maintain that subscription. But television exposure is important. Media exposure, proper media exposure is important. You can tweet all day. You can Instagram all day. You can TikTok all day. You can do all of that. You can Facebook post all day. You got to be on proper traditional media still in this day and age. Still. And that means television, radio is important as well. Those things are important. How do people learn about your your program? Now, you and I, we're going to be on everything, right? Because sports is a thing on Twitter. We're going to be on those platforms. Absolutely. Those are huge. We love, for some reason, getting on Twitter during a ball game just so we can post our reactions. But I don't think the lack of the game being on TV was the determining factor. I think exposure is always going to be better if you're on more of a linear traditional platform. I mean, let's face it, where are the big dollars being made right now in college football? It's not on ESPN+. Plus. It's on ABC. It's on NBC. It's on CBS. It is on ESPN as well. Those are big dollars. Those are major platforms. Those are the platforms you're getting exposure. Now, you're in the Sun Belt, so you're not going to command those platforms the way that the higher-level leagues are, the Power Five. And the ESPN Plus platform is a, a definite step up and upgrade from where we've been. I can watch Marshall Athletics now. If I was a fan away from Huntington, I could follow along. I can follow along, but you want to try to get a broader audience. I think if you're on ESPN Plus, you're serving your fan base. That's what I feel. That's what I believe. You serve your fan base on a platform like ESPN+. Plus. Now, if you're on ESPN, ESPN2, you're on some of the other programs, all of a sudden you're exposed to more eyeballs. And, of course, you have to have strong media platforms. You have to have strong radio to serve your fan base. You have to have strong streaming to serve your away fan base. I guess that's the best way to put it. With television and radio, those are important. I think television's going to, if you're on ESPN, more people are going to see you. Now, again, how many people are going to cruise by ESPN and go, hey, I'm going to stop for Marshall Louisiana softball? But if you're into softball, you're going to look at it. Not necessarily Sunbelt softball, not necessarily Marshall softball. So I think eventually there will be a closing of the gap, pardon my theft from Coach Huff, but television is important. But with that said, I think the TV package is a lot better than it was for Marshall. That's a reason why you're in the Sun Belt. A lot better exposure. Is it enough? It could be better. You always want to be, you always want to be on the platform that gives you the most reach, be it television, be it radio. You want to be on the platforms that give you the most reach, consistent reach as well. I mean, that's why you see all of these battles for media rights from the bigger platforms trying to get. And that's why you see a lot of shuffling along of 
programs. You see shuffling of teams. You see shuffling of universities. Everything in college realignment. I mean, you see that as well with leagues as well. I think that the NFL Sunday ticket package is going to hurt a little bit because it's on YouTube TV. Now, I'm not going to subscribe to YouTube TV. I had it with DirecTV. You know, DirecTV, yeah, I don't know what its reach is compared to YouTube TV. And, of course, it opens it up for a few more people. You might get it now where you didn't before. But I think you always have to have your events on the biggest platform possible. And I think exposure might be a part of the problem. But you know what else I think what part of the problem is? you got to have a conversation about, okay, if RPI matters, if strength of schedule matters, you're going to have to look at how do we improve that? How do you make that stronger? Does that mean you have to go on the road a little bit more? Does that mean you have to you know, beef up the schedule with power schools or at least play some of the power leagues? How do you manage that? How do you manage your schedule so you might not have a 45-10 and 10 record? It might be a little bit more... And the 30s, because you might take some losses against some really quality opponents, but you also might score some wins against some really quality opponents. This is a conversation, of course, I'm sure is being had, will be had. And we're going to try to get Coach Megan Smith-Lyon on the program sometime next week. Uh, I did reach out to the university, and we're going to try to get her on sometime next week. Kind of give us a recap of the season. At the end of the day, 45-10, and 10, that's a hell of a season. That was tremendous. They went out and won 45 games. I don't care who you are. You win 45 games, that's pretty good. You're 45 and 10. Not too many teams were 45 and 10. Not too many teams won 40 games. So that was a great run for Marshall softball. And we're not having this conversation if Marshall can get a couple of runs against Louisiana. We're not having this conversation. Instead, we're talking about, hey, Marshall's, Tremendous season continues. There was an opportunity, and you got to remember, when you're in the Sun Belt, you're in the Mid-American Conference, you're in some of these leagues, your best and sometimes only shot is winning your tournament. Not always your only shot, but your best shot always will be winning your tournament, and Marshall had some opportunities there. You know, what if Marshall would have beat Texas State, won that series? What if Marshall would have won that series against Texas State? Are we having this conversation? Is it Marshall instead of Texas State that's in the NCAA tournament? That's Again, we can go over this. We can look at these numbers until we're blue in the face. We can look at the schedule until we're blue in the face. And we can find ways to argue why Marshall got robbed and why Marshall didn't get in the tournament, and here's why. We can do that completely for the next few days, and we might. But at the end of the day, Marshall unfortunately – came up short, fell in the Sunbelt Conference Championship, and the Sunbelt got two bids, the automatic bid and Louisiana and Texas State, which got the at-large. So now the next thing you do is you root hard for those teams. And that might irk a few people, but you root hard for those teams. You root for every Sunbelt team playing. You want to see – a Sunbelt team make it to the championship game. And that improves the reputation of the league. But go back to the original 
text from our, our text line. I don't think television ultimately doomed the herd, but I think it's important to have as much exposure as possible so people can see your games and at least be aware of your program. And if you're on that committee, you should be doing your due diligence anyway. You should be looking at all that stuff. You should be, if you're on a selection committee, you should be doing your due diligence. You should be looking at everything and not just, and I hope that they're not just basing it off one game. Like, okay, championship game. If that was committee's first exposure to Marshall, there's a problem. And I think that's a valid point. If the committee's first exposure to Marshall, other than a stat sheet, was the championship, first of all, Marshall acquitted itself well. But at the same time, it's maybe not the full picture of Marshall University. Text line 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. That was a good text. We'll have more of those coming up. And we'll do that again, 304-396-TALK. More coming up on this edition of The Drive, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the Monday, May 15th edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Our text line this hour is 304-396-TALK. That's 304-396-8255. I just want to go back to Twitter just for a second. Also, you can find me there at Paul Swan when I posted the the bracket about Marshall not getting a bid. And I retweeted that yesterday. I've got a few quotes and comments. People outraged a little bit. I even had somebody who I didn't even know was on Twitter that I went to Marshall with in the, uh, the broadcasting realm. Find me on Twitter, friend me, and uh, we might have Michael Adams on. He's covered college softball uh, in the years past, uh, also um, covering University of Texas. So um, he tweeted at me, I covered college softball for five years, and yes, the strength of schedule is what killed Marshall. While Marshall was playing Maine, UT Chattanooga, Kent State, and Moorhead, Texas State was beating the national runner-up Alabama and playing Texas A&M, Baylor, and Wisconsin. Those are valid points. If you look at strength of schedule, Alabama, Texas A&M, Baylor, and Wisconsin, much more challenging than Maine, UT Chattanooga, Kent State, and Moorhead. But at the same time, you got to play the schools that are put in front of you, and you got to beat the schools that are put in front of you. And so we value losses, it seems, to more powerful programs or at least higher-regarded programs than we do wins. And scheduling is going to be a challenge. Scheduling is always a challenge. Hey, that Marshall team's pretty good. They might beat us, but if we beat them, what's it going to do for our, our strength of schedule? What's that going to do for our RPF? That's the argument always. That's why you got to get into maybe sometimes a tournament like the herd's getting into in the Cayman Islands, you know, an event that you can do early, try to boost that RPI up a little bit, the net in basketball's case. I mean, what's the what's the magic formula here to play a schedule that is challenging and also finding someone that will schedule with you? I mean, Alabama is not going to play Marshall every single year. That was uh, that was a different situation. Sometimes you'll have these programs play 
a school like Marshall because there's a player on the team and they're bringing them back home for friends and family. That's a big part of that, getting a game like that. It was great that you saw so many fans show up, and a lot of them were fans for Alabama. A lot of them were fans for the Thundering Herd as well. Texas State beat Marshall head-to-head, and Texas State beat Alabama. Unfortunately, to be fair, both teams did not face Montana Fouts. But Texas State won, Marshall didn't. If Marshall wins the series against Texas State, and if Marshall beats Alabama, I think Marshall gets in this thing. I think, because I really don't know what's going on in the committee meeting with this. But... We'll have plenty of time to talk about softball, and we'll get your thoughts in as well. 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. So we got to talk about it. The If you follow the rumors, the worst-kept secret in college athletics, or at least according to Marshall fans, was Andrew Taylor. He declared himself eligible for the transfer portal. One of your, I don't want to say all-time greats, but he was on his way. He was definitely on his way. But a high-level Marshall player who was well-regarded, and Andrew Taylor, great kid, now a former Marshall University guard and former all-Sun Belt performer, committed to Mississippi State out of the transfer portal. So what's this going to do for Mississippi State? It's going to help Mississippi State's three-point shooting, obviously. And it struggled during the previous college basketball season. So Mississippi State targeting Andrew, according to social media. Again, I can't verify all of those numbers. I've seen really stupid numbers as far as NIL. I've heard about tampering, that Marshall should look into tampering with Andrew Taylor because – Mississippi State tampered with the player. I don't even know how you begin with that. What what are the rules here? What are the rules? From Twitter, this was the these were the responses I got from Twitter. When does tampering get dealt with by the NCAA? It's not a secret he was contacted and negotiating prior to entering the portal. Also from Twitter. Needs to be investigated. From Twitter. Show me the money. Also from Twitter. I have never actively rooted against anyone who has transferred from Marshall until now. And good to get paid NIL money because he's not playing in the league when he's done after this year. So... I don't have a I don't have a source on that money. I can't go and say here's the dollar amount, the name image and likeness that he is getting. I've seen I've seen all the posts, I've seen all of the commentary, I've had people text me. If he's getting paid, he's getting paid. I get that completely. Do you turn first of all, do you turn on a kid for taking his last year of eligibility, taking his last year of eligibility, 
and going somewhere else for a different opportunity and probably a more profitable opportunity. Do you do you hate the kid for that? Or do you hate the system that has created this? Or do you feel that Marshall just can't compete in this space? 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255 is our text line. I mean, the transfer portal gives and it takes. Absolutely, it gives and it takes. For example, most recent transfer commits to the football program. First of all, Altreek Barlow. Former offensive lineman from TCU on Twitter, committing to joining the Thundering Herd through the transfer portal. A three-star product from um, from Texas. Had offers from Air Force, Kansas, and SMU, and went to TCU. Also from TCU, from Twitter, Landon Watson, committing to the Thundering Herd. Again, committing on Twitter. From Texas, Round Rock, Texas, listed as six foot three, two hundred and fifty-five pounds. And then Jabari Ishmael, uh, Jabari Ishmael, I apologize, defensive end Jabari Ishmael, transferring from the University of Miami, six foot five, two hundred and forty-five pounds. Big deal, right? All of these transfers are going to make the Thundering Herd a lot better on the football side. Now, whatever the reasons for coming to Marshall, you don't care. All you know is they're coming to Marshall and you're you're ready to you're ready for them. You're happy. They're coming to Marshall. Doesn't matter how Marshall convinced them to come. They were in the transfer portal and Marshall talked to these players felt that they could make a positive impact on Marshall's football team, and they were able to get them to commit. Someone spoke to Andrew Taylor, convinced him that he should come to Mississippi State. Is it just, we don't know how it went down with football, and I'm not implying anything. What I'm saying is we don't have a lot of hatred for the system when it benefits Marshall, but when it takes away from Marshall, being Andrew Taylor, all of a sudden, he is persona non grata. He is not a welcome member of your Thundering Herd alumni reunion anymore. From the text line, oh, this is good, I like this. Texture says, what confuses me? Is Mississippi State, even in the SEC, really that much of a step up from Marshall in terms of basketball program? Has Mississippi State ever been good at basketball? Now, the reason why Mississippi State won the services or got the services, I don't know if it's just if they're building something there. And Andrew wants to be a part of it. Mississippi State, to answer your question, 
12-time regular season champions in the SEC, five-time tournament champions. Their NCAA tournament record is 11-12. and 12. They're, They were ranked in the AP poll six times preseason, 11 times final, and they've been in the AP poll 157 weeks. They were ranked as high as 15 in the 2022-23 season. Lost NCAA tournament in the uh, first four. Before that, the last tournament appearance was the 2018-2019 season. Before that, it was the 2008-2009 season. So, historically, no. They haven't been really a power in the SEC or in college basketball. But really, why Why does any kid choose a school? Why does any kid choose a school, really? Think about it. Uh, overall record, you want to go 111 seasons. 111 seasons of Mississippi State Bulldogs basketball. 1,502 wins. 1,253 losses. They have a 545 win-loss percentage. If you, you relish the uh, opportunity to play against a lot of schools in the SEC, was Kentucky really that interested in him? Or was Kentucky putting a feeler out there? You know, will he have more of a, a role at Mississippi State than he would at some of the other schools that reportedly were interested in him? We'll see. But I don't know. It's so individual why a kid chooses a school. Why a kid chooses a school. Is it, is it the opportunity? Is it something about the coach? Is it something about the university? Is it name, image, and likeness? Seriously, is it name, image, and likeness? Is that going to be the real reason? You can talk about academics all you want. You can talk about history, success. You can talk about all you want. But is name, image, and likeness what it's going to really come down to at the end of the day? Who's got the best offer? Who's got the best ability to put it together? And I don't know if history and tradition really matter these days. Look at FAU. FAU was able to put it together. And can another team do what FAU did? Put it all together and make a run. I mean, nobody cares right now what the reputation of FAU is. All we know is FAU was – on the verge of winning it all. They had a, a serious shot at winning it all. And unfortunately for them, wasn't able to get it done. But they made a run. They made a deeper run than anybody we know recently. 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. We got some track and field to talk about. We had to do that. We got to do that because there are some championships uh, won individually. So we'll, we'll talk about that when we continue. And – we will get your text in as well. This is The Drive, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. 
Let's go back to our text line at 304-396-TALK. That's 304-396-8255. Texter says, Andy Taylor gave us four years, so if he gets big NIL money, then I can't blame him. I don't like the transfer portal, but it is what it is. You can be a part of the conversation as well. The text line again, 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. Yeah, that's another thing. He gave the herd four years, and he had another year of eligibility that he wanted to use. So he's taking the opportunity to go somewhere else. He's going to get whatever amount of money he's getting for name, image, and likeness, and again, I'm not privy to any of the deals. I I don't know a specific number. I read the same things you do. Is it correct? I don't know. I don't have a, a proper accounting of what he's getting. But he felt like there was an opportunity there for him, and so he took it. Let's just let's play at the numbers for example. Okay. Let's say someone came to you and said, look, here's the opportunity for you. I'll use the lowball number. Here's $250,000. $250,000 if you come here. Okay. I'm taking that deal. Here's $400,000. We'll use that number. I don't know, some number I just randomly pulled from thin air. Here's $400,000 if you come here. Okay. Absolutely I'm taking that money. Sorry, Mr. Kurtner. I think the world of you. But this is $400,000. I'll see you. I'll text you. Maybe we can do lunch. That's what I'm doing. I'm taking that. Of course you're taking that money. Absolutely you're taking that money. Now, if your your opportunity that you're currently at, your employer wants to maybe make a counter offer, hey, you know, we might not be able to take give you exactly that, but we can come close. And then you can go, okay, well, you know, it's not exactly this offer, but it's close. All right, I can do that. I can make that. I can make that work. Or you can't match that offer. You're like, you know, we really like to keep you, but no way we can really match that offer. But we can give you loyalty. I appreciate loyalty. Loyalty is great. Uh, but $400,000 is even better. And you can't tell me, absolutely cannot tell me with a straight face that if I came up to you tomorrow and said, look, Here's the deal. I'm going to offer you $400,000. This is the opportunity. I'm going to give you a $400,000 opportunity, but you got to leave where you're at. Or if you want to leave where you're at and come here, this is the opportunity I can give you or we can give you. Or you can make this kind of money here. I'm taking that opportunity. Absolutely, I'm taking that money. Now, will you 
will you be able to say to me in a straight tone of voice, without cracking a laugh, knowing you're lying, that you wouldn't take that opportunity? And I bet you, if you're being honest with yourself, you're taking that opportunity. You're absolutely taking that opportunity. What's he got to lose? Is Andrew Taylor going to get into the NBA? I don't think so, but you never know. This is going to set him up if that's the opportunity. Again, I'm just basing it off the conversations we're having on Twitter and the rumors and speculation, and we we note those as such, rumors and speculation. This is... um, this is where we're at here. I'm not citing this as official. I'm not citing this as true. But if we're having the discussion using Andrew Taylor as the example with name, image, and likeness, if he found an opportunity to set himself up, still play college basketball, set himself up for the future, that's a heck of a springboard to your next opportunity, the next phase of your life. That's a heck of a springboard. I would take that every single time. We will get your final thoughts in when we continue. Uh, we still got to talk about tracks and field. We have to do that. We'll do that when we continue with this edition of The Drive, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. It's our final segment. Today's edition of The Drive for Monday, May 15th. Our text line is still open, 304-396-TALK. 304-396-8255. You can also find me on Twitter, at Paul Swan. We have to talk about track and field. We just have to do it. We're going to stop the Andy Taylor talk, all of that. It stops right now because we have to give a lot of props to Macy Mayjoy. Owning. The pole vault is her domain. We're just living in it right now. So she got the gold medal in the pole vault event at the Sunbelt Outdoor Championship. 3.96 meter vault, earning the second conference championship for Marshall in the Sunbelt Conference era. Second, because she won the first with the indoor championship. She won the indoor championship, and now she's won the outdoor championship. That's impressive. Also, we have to give props to Micah Ulin. She's a senior from Beckley. She now holds the record in the 400-meter hurdles after winning the Sunbelt Conference Championship last week. She raced a 57.77. She broke one minute in all six occasions in which she ran the 400-meter hurdles throughout the season. So both of these young ladies are going to get to compete in the NCAA East prelims later this month. We're going to have both of them on various points next few days. Macy's coming up on Wednesday. She's going to be with us about 5.30. So Macy first. She is the goat of goats right now. She is the – she's got two Sunbelt Conference championships. Absolutely. 
she's ruling the day here. So she was just fun to talk to last time. If you missed that, go back and search it on our podcast. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. And then uh, we're looking forward to talking to her and um, Micah as well. I want to talk to her, get her thoughts on winning the 400-meter hurdles. It's a pretty big deal. So they're coming on later this week. Coach Caleb Bowen's coming on about Thursday, I think is what we said uh, when we were setting these things up, because we might have more people in the NCAA East prelims. So we'll get all of the details from him hopefully on Thursday. But Macy's coming on Wednesday. Micah's coming on Friday. That's pretty exciting. I mean, I would love to have had more on softball getting ready for the NCAA tournament, but unfortunately, they're pretty good season. They're a tremendous season, honestly. Uh, just fell a little short. We'll get uh, Coach Megan Smith-Lyon on sometime here in the near future just to talk about it. You know, and I'm going to ask her, what, uh, what does Marshall need to do to maybe boost the, the metrics? Winning isn't enough. You, who, you, who you face is important or whom you face. That's going to do it for this edition. Thanks for tuning in. You can always find me on Twitter, at Paul Swan. I appreciate the follow. Let me know that you're there. I always read all of your tweets, the good, the bad, the indifferent. I read them all. And, as you know, if they're pretty good, you might hear them on the radio as well. That's going to do it. Thanks for tuning in here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930.